The word cult, for many people, conjures up images of dark, hooded figures, strange, disconcerting rituals, perhaps idols of horned gods or goddesses. In mainstream media, cults are often maligned and seen as outliers and aberrations that draw in only those who are weak-willed or easily manipulated. But there are many times that this is not the case. People drawn to these alternative religious practices are often bright and creative individuals who happen to be in a time of transition of their identity or just down on their luck and searching for something to pull them from a general malaise of unfulfillment. Then. They are drawn into the sphere of influence produced by charismatic or mysterious individuals who make them feel wanted, who satisfy their need for belonging or understanding. Sometimes these leaders truly believe what they preach, whether of a coming Armageddon or a way of life leading to spiritual salvation. But more often than not, we hear of the leaders who abuse their power and those who live under its influence. They force their followers to commit acts of debasement, mutilation, and even murder, all based on the promise that these acts will grant their followers the fulfillment they crave or save their very souls. Today, we take a look at a few of those cults that took the dark and twisted turns into the realms of the things out of nightmares. That being said, this episode of Alien Theorist Theorizing is brought to you by the ATT Heavenly Salvation Society. Are you worried about the impending apocalypse? I know I am. Well, fret no more, friend. The ATT Heavenly Salvation Society is here to help. Don't be caught high and dry when the world is scoured clean by holy fire. The simple pledging of your unquestioning and undying loyalty, you can make sure you have your cozy place in the afterlife. Membership includes a printed ATT poncho to keep you dry and clean from the rains of boiling blood, official ATT earbuds to drown out the seductive wailing of the Whore of Babylon, and a six-month supply of tasteless, low-nutrition gruel that will keep you malnourished and pacified as we break your will and remake you into mindless slaves. The team at ATT does not actually have a cult or endorse any cult or cult-like activities of its listeners. Any organization that suppresses free will and independent thinking is frowned upon by Team ATT. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing. Case file 60. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And that's all we got today. <laughs> Our roster's a little loaded. Right? Roster's a little lacking. Uh, Braden is working. Andrew is taking some test to uh, progress his real, real job further. To and, uh, uh, I'm sitting to here determine if he is fully mentally competent to stand trial. <laughs> exactly, pretty much exactly. I've been uh, I've been drinking beer for a while. Dan has just gotten up. What time is it there, Dan? Uh, let's see. It's 12:55 p.m. So I've been up for a little bit, combing over all this stuff, trying to find a new savior. Since we're going to be talking about cults today. Cults. <laughs> now, a cult is pretty much. What's the difference between a cult and religion? Uh, a cult is, uh, by definition, is usually a – I mean, technically, cult and religion are the same thing. But a cult uh, usually today has the um, definition, like colloquial definition to it that some people who have beliefs which are apart from the mainstream of the big religions and Christianity, Buddhism, uh, those ones. So it's usually something that – I would say a cult is probably somebody who has less than a 1,000 people. So it's pretty much just a religion that's not popular yet? 
Yeah, probably they don't have tax exempt status. I think that's yeah, what I would call. That's it. probably that's probably the big one. <laughs> that's the difference. All right. Uh, before we before we really get into cults, though, we don't have the UFO case of the week because Braden has the book and the machine. So we're gonna go straight to space news. news Damn, you got some space news i've got two chunks of space news so first one um this space news actually comes from uh they just published a paper about it but this actually happened back in september so back in september uh, an amateur astronomer named victor busso um took a picture of an actual supernova in progress basically which is not something that normally happens uh most, according to astronomers um, at the Instituto de Astrofisica de la Plata in Argentina, they say it's about a one in ten million chance that you would catch a star going supernova randomly. One in ten guy million. One in ten million. So this guy hit the, you know, astron- astro- astronomy jackpot. So I guess yeah. he just has telescope pointed at the right spot at the right time, and he caught yeah, it. Yeah, he says yeah. It was pretty neat. So um, he took these photographs back in September. But what what's interesting is that they just pay, published the paper on the 21st, so this week, about how the photos that he's taken have proven a lot of the theories that scientists had about supernovas. So most of the stuff that scientists know about supernovas is theoretical. Like they've just kind of pieced it together from what would theoretically happen if a star lost enough mass or gained enough mass that became critical and went supernova and what happens in that in that process. And these pictures, these photographs have actually shown what actually happens in between those, which is pretty neat. I thought that was kind of cool. Man, so because when they take they've, – they've taken pictures of supernovas before, but after they've already expanded, right? They're already right, all right. jetted this, out. This, Yep, this one was pretty much like the collapsing of the star and then the the explosion all together. So he caught all of it on film, which is insane to actually think it happened. So it's pretty neat. That's actually really fucking cool. Yeah, there's a um, the the photographs capture the first known images of a supernova and and what they call a shock breakout and where the pressure wave from the star's exploding core hits gases. And then the star's surface uh, brightens significantly. So it was pretty neat. That's pretty cool. That's badass. I know. Uh, let's see. So space news round two. So I think everybody heard about Tesla putting up their uh, putting their car up into space, right? Yeah, I think we talked about it a little while ago, but it's super cool. Yeah, it's super cool. But did you know there was a second thing on that on that rocket? Did you know there's a second payload? Um, are you talking about the hard drive thing? Ah, oh, did we already talk? Did you guys already talk about it? I don't know. I don't know if we uh, actually put it on the podcast. I know me and Brayden talked about it. I can't remember if we recorded it live or it was just something we were talking about before the podcast. But let's talk about it again. It's because it's super cool. Yeah, uh, the second payload on that that Falcon Heavy was the quartz discs that they put on there. These quartz discs are holding. Um, like almost all the data, basically, I would say probably like the whole internet, uh, these, these quartz discs have been laser inscribed and, uh, each point on the disc, which is about 200 nanometers wide, 
uh, and that's a bit bigger than a single HIV virus if you kind of rel- for relative size, I guess. <laughs> and these these discs can basically they said these can last if nothing happens to them or they aren't shattered or or hit with like big huge waves of radiation can last for anywhere millions even billions of years. Right. It's, and, yeah, it's like a new it's a new type of like hard drive that can survive in space. Yeah, it's super neat. Um, the the foundation that put it out, the I think they're called the Arc or Arc, the Arc Mission Arc yeah. Mission Foundation that put it out. Um, this is the I think that was the first one, but they're kind of planning to put you know hundred if not thousands of these things out into space just to you know just in case <laughs> something happens to us, you know people can we'll have a record that we were. We were there. They'll have all of human knowledge and a Tesla car. Yep. <laughs> that's what that's what we're leaving behind. <laughs> I think aliens will be fairly impressed. <laughs> a convertible a convertible car in space. They'll be like, this is this would be like that's like the price <laughs> is right for them. That's a hit the jackpot. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That that car is like orbiting they missed the Mars orbit, but it's orbiting now out to like the asteroid belt uh, belt or something. I I think they were saying that even with the car out there, they said that radiation, like space radiation, is going to just rip it to bits uh, in a few years. I think is what they were saying. So might oh, not last that long. Oh. Not longer than those discs. Oh, well, they'll have the disc. <laughs> the disc will be available for all aliens for all time. Yep. So hopefully that'll be neat. Okay. Well, we're on Tesla. Pretty much seems that all the good space news <laughs> lately is Tesla and SpaceX because. SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket with a pre-flown <laughs> first stage successful successfully delivered to orbit today the first two prototypes for the company's huge Starlink Starlink satellite internet constellation. So what they mm. what they want to have in the 2020 sometime SpaceX wants to install like something like thousands of these satellites like over 2000 of these mini satellites in low earth orbit so it's going to compete with like um fiber optic lines for broad like broadband latency oh that'd be so cool because right now i guess like uh what's i can't remember what the orbit is but the, right now the satellites that are broadcasting internet are way are like uh, two thousand kilometers up or maybe right. maybe even more so the latency is like way greater than um fiber optic right now right but, so it's a lot slower so yeah. this this is going to take like broadband internet to all points of the earth like all points in africa or anywhere like remote you'll be able to get like oh, so uh, awesome i don't know how many megabytes per second but we're talking if we're talking fiber, yeah, those, fiber optic speed yeah. then that's at least 100 right yeah if, i mean that's amazing in itself it's just that that's the that's the one limiting factor in internet is just laying down that cord and getting you know you don't get crappy internet uh, you know and you don't have to pay as much. I assume it'll be at least competitive in price. It, so seem, it seems like they're starting to put out all their stuff for pretty cheap. I know like the cars started off really expensive, but they're trying to put out like the the cheaper model of their electric cars, and they have the, now the solar yeah. the solar panels, like the solar shingles yeah. for the roof. Yeah, and they're supposed to be well, uh, equivalent to a normal I assume roof. Everything gets cheaper as the um, as the technology as technology increases, uh, the batteries get smaller. You know, things get lighter. So I assume that things will only get cheaper from here on if they can keep keep on going and don't get bogged down. And yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, like if they can if they can reuse the same like rocket over and over again, 
just a matter of time before, like before we can at least go commercially to low Earth orbit. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh, that'd be neat. Man, that'd be, that's like a lifelong dream for me. That's like a retirement gift to myself. <laughs> when we get, it could be within our lifetime. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm hoping. Here's hoping. By the time <laughs> I finally retire, when I'm like 75, because that's what it's gonna have to work for that long to be able to retire. Probably, I'm going. Yeah. To, I'm going to space. I don't care. Going to space. All right, I'm gonna go. One, I, got one, I got one more SpaceX thing because they're just too cool. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon spacecraft, operated by SpaceX, carries cargo to the International Space Station under commercial agreements the company has with NASA. So it's the first private spacecraft to dock with the ISS. Ah, that's neat. Yeah, it's just cool. So private industry getting into there, bringing space travel, affordable space travel for you and your family. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. We'll get there, you know. I can't remember any of the good commercial space travel ones from science fiction. I can't remember any off the top of my head. But this is the beginning. Just the beginning. We'll be having cosmic truckers in no time. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if you've seen, have you seen those, like, the diagrams for, or, like, the videos for the space elevator? Oh, that'd be neat. So, I guess. Oh, what, like, like, set it on the equator. I think I've seen, like, you know, theories of it, like, building one, you'd have to put it on the equator. Um, It had to be somewhere on the equator, I think, to keep it from spinning out or that, to support it on the, the axis of the Earth, but. Yeah, there's like nice. the, I, I don't have it pulled up here, but I read it like just the last week. There's a company in J- Japan that's hoping to build one by like 2035. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it has to be. They say where they're gonna build it. Uh, I don't, I don't have it up here. They, they're oh, just, okay. they're, they're working on the technology on like these like carbon f- nanotubes to be able to hold the strength up. Oh, I mean, because they're gonna have to support it to a certain height, right? They're gonna have to support it, and once it right. once it gets to a certain height and it starts to like the effects of gravity start to become negative. Yeah, yeah. Then you can just keep. Then you can keep expanding it. But to get it to that height is, I guess, the, that's the hard part. And then once you get it up there, you just rock yourself up to space in no time. Yeah, I think most of the, what is it? most of the science fiction books I've read, if they had a space elevator, they built it somewhere in Africa, on the equator. I think that was the place to put it. Which would be neat, I think. If you put something like that in Africa, like you know, just the fact that you could, it's creating jobs. It's like you know, you could shore up the infrastructure of that continent which is constantly ripped apart um might be it might be good i think that would be a pretty good yeah i think like a a project of that size would like that like change a whole country yeah take that many people all right that's all i got for space news you got anything else uh nope that's it that's right my space news that's it all right topic of the day uh we were kind of like between alien topics so we decided uh Talk about some cults, right? How the, how these, either one man or one woman can convince a whole group of people that they are, the Messiah or the chosen one, get them to follow them, follow them to do a whole host of crazy shit, and then yeah, it's it's insane. I can't. It's you know, it's. I, I mean, we're not. I, I'm not. I'm all for freedom of religion. If, if what you want to worship, what you want to worship, that's that's your deal. Yeah. You know, and and and, and I'm not gonna put down any religions or anything like that. Uh, but some of these, like you can't call them religions; they are cults, and it's it carries that that extra implication that these 
these these are full on crazy people. Uh, the ones that we're talking about. Now, I'm sure there are small religious groups out there that, you know, aren't recognized as full religions. And I'm sure some of them do a lot of good. And some of them are, uh, I know a lot of these groups are probably relatively harmless or benign in, in what they do. But I, the ones that we're going to talk about are just like, they think they're, they're on cool. next level. They're the next level. Because I, yeah. I think like, like if you really think about it, like Catholicism, like the Catholic church, if you, if you look at their costumes and the shit they actually wear in like their big churches, like the Pope, oh, yeah. the Pope and shit's walking around with a staff and he's got this big cloak on and these huge hats, all these bishops. Oh yeah. Super culty. But because they're not yeah. actually, not anymore at least, physically murdering people all the time for, in the name of God, they're like, oh yeah, it's just, uh, it's for the good. Like it teaches good, good life values. It's a good thing yeah. to be a part I, of. And you follow God I and think... you follow his teachings. Yeah, and I think most, I think most historians would probably agree that that most of the religions today started out as cults. For like sure. they started out with small followings, and and they kind of snowballed into and whether it was divine providence or you know just luck, you know just a calm confluence of events that led these religions to be the major. Um, I mean, Christianity pretty much became a big religion because a Rome, uh, you know, the, the Roman emperor at the time adopted it as the main religion, just, just because he had some sort of dream or, you know, it could, it could have really been anything. So or he was just feeling, you know, extra charitable that day. It just felt like he needed to convert. But <laughs> if that wouldn't have happened, if that wouldn't have happened, you probably wouldn't have Christianity today. We'd probably all still be uh, worshiping Mars and, and Jupiter. <laughs> I, I love the old mythology more, to be honest. Yeah, yeah those ones are it's cool. It's cool. Like the stories are just way cooler, especially like uh, if you go like Greek mythology and the yeah. the gods and the titans and the half gods and the demigods and. Yeah, I mean that was back then. Uh, you know, religion to them was really like the, these gods were reflections of themselves, and it kind of just showed that how that these these beings were almost just manifestations of just different the the flaws and the 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 virtues that they wanted to see in themselves and and a way to explain what how the world came to be the way it was because we didn't you know we didn't have science at the time so it wasn't like you can really say like you know clouds atoms and clouds rub up against each other and then they produce lightning and it's easier to say well this big dude lives up in the sky and throws down lightning bolts so it's kind of easier <laughs> you got this one motherfucker with a hammer on an anvil he cooks up a lightning bolt he tosses it up to zeus zeus chucks it down in the clouds and that's what you see it's a cool yeah, it's a cool I mean, story yeah but some of the stories from these cults are nothing like that so let's start yeah. with i get the, the probably the most requested one We'll do a we'll do a quick a quick overview of it because it's you can really All go right. deep into this one, but the branch Davidians, doom, doom, doom. famous yeah. for the siege in Waco, Waco, Texas, in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, big news all over the news. Uh, everybody knows Waco's referenced in in TV and film, a lot of things, and and. I think it was mostly, um, I mean, it was headed up by David Koresh, correct? It's David Koresh, right? Yeah, so I got, I got a timeline up here. I'll, I'll just go how it started. So 
the Branch Davidians started as the Shepherd's Rod, which is like a, a branch of Seventh Day Advent, like Ad- Adventists. Adventists, yeah. Adventists, actually. And I'll take. I'm, I will do a little personal backstory here. When I was a little kid, my great grandma, she was an Ad, a Seventh Day Adventist. So for Ooh. my first like five years of school, I went to a Seventh Day Adventist private school. Oh, that's so serious. I learned. I learned all about <laughs> these Seventh Day Adventists and how crazy they view the Lord. I remember being like nine years old and this teacher, he was a teacher slash pastor or priest. I can't remember what they, I think it was just a pastor, not a priest. That's, I think that's Catholic, but he was, yeah. he was screaming at us that if you didn't follow uh, the religion of seventh day Adventism and you followed Catholicism or anything else, when the judgment day comes, you would be torn from limb to limb and fed to the serpents of hell. And I, I, I remember this like word for word. I was like, what? I'm fucking nine years old. This is guy's preaching at me, and this is not. A, this is a. This is a, a normal religion. Taxes that yep. exempt. Probably, I don't know about millions, but tens of thousands of members in this church for sure. Yeah. So he he pretty much. So what happened is he he didn't and I guess he didn't really like the Seventh Day Adventist. It wasn't exactly for him. So we created something called the Shepherd's Rod. That was in 1929. And it slowly, it slowly grew popularity, and they set up. Um, he founded Mount Carmel. Right. That's the Mount Carmel Center, and that's in Waco, Texas. He founded that in 1935, and then it slowly it went through different. You know, had a whole bunch of people, and after a few uh, failed prophecies, um, his wife actually he died. He died in 1955, and he he predicted the end of the world a couple of times, and I guess he never quite got it. And that was which guy was that wasn't David Koresh. That was no, the, that was his who... name was Victor Houtif, or Houtif. Okay, he was the he was the original founder. Right, right, right. And anyways, after he died, uh, his wife sold Mount Carmel to Ben Rodden, and he kind of took it over for a while. And he this is when he changed the name to the Branch Davidians. And part of the thing was uh, Houtif or Houtif, however you pronounce that. He claimed he was the fourth angel. He that was a part of the religion. He was going to bring, he was going to oversee the end of the world and the transition from this dimension to the next or whatever they like want to say. <clears throat> then this next guy, Rodden, he renames the group the Branch Davidians, and he claims now he's the fifth angel and he's going to for, he's foretelling of the re, the revelation to come. Obviously, it doesn't happen. Then in seventy eight, Rodden dies, and his wife assumes the role of the sixth angel. She predicts some shit. It never happens. Vernon Howell was his name originally, and then he changed his name to David Koresh. He joins the Davidians in 81. Um, and this is when he changes his name to David Koresh in 81. And this girl, this girl, uh, Rodden's wife, Louise, she tells him he's going to be the next coming of, he's the next angel, he's the next, he's the next divine one, he's the Messiah, Right? So he pretty much, at this time, he has all these people coming to Waco, Texas, to this uh, Mount Carmel, or Carmel. Carmel? Carmel? I don't know. Carmel. 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 They said Carmel in the videos. Carmel, yeah. Anyways, he convinces all these, all these people that he is going to lead them through the judgment day, and then that the end of times is going to be in the book of, Re- in the revelations, it said there's end times, and he's pretty much saying that it's the U.S. government is going to come, and there's going right. to be a battle. And that's going to be the end, the end times. And pretty much the story goes from there. That's now, now we're into Waco, Texas. The ATF, um, because he is, 
this, this guy, he is hoarding now all these weapons for this end battle, which he is predicting to come. And yeah, they've been hoarding a whole bunch of ways, assault rifles and shotguns and things. They've been stockpiling them for a good time, getting ready for the for the final apocalypse. Final apocalypse. And this is what it is. The ATF comes. This is where like a whole bunch of different, I heard, you start to read a whole bunch of different stories about what happens here. But let's give the the, the basics. ATF shows up. Um, he knows that they're coming. Koresh knows that they're coming. One guy, what what I kind of find with what seemed to be the most reliable story, so I think what what happened, and then they used it for their own their own uh, means, is a guy who was climbing the ladder, shot himself by accident, got an ATF member, and then it triggered like the first gunfire battle. And then after that, it was it was a it was that this is the this is the siege. It was, what yeah. was it, 40 days or something? Yeah. Oh, 40 or 50, 51, 51 days? Something like that. It was long. It was a long fucking, like a siege. They sat out there and the FBI took over after this and they just sat there yeah. trying to, and they slowly let people go. Yeah. They lit that place up though. I mean, there was, there was like a real siege. They cut off power They to these people. Like they didn't give, allow them in. They cut off power, water. Um, they blasted music like 24 7 during the night and hit the house with spotlights um it was not handled very well not handled very well at all right and then so yeah it was 51 days 51 days these people are inside there's women and there's pregnant women there's women with children there's all these people in there and they're slowly they slowly release they release some people here and there but in the end they start they start throwing in uh, what do you call them? Like flashbangs and shit. This is the official like story. Tear gas, yeah. tear gas, and flashbangs and stuff, and it lights the building on fire. It lights this fucking. If you watch, if you look at the pictures of this Waco siege, like the building is like yeah. on fire, and there's people in there. So this is the government. Yeah, it's a. It, it was a real nasty thing, and it's definitely a black spot on the, like the federal federal law enforcement, like ATF and and. FBI at the time, um, there were tons of congressional hearings, uh, uh, people appearing in front of uh, like a congressional court, uh, them at the congressmen, senators asking them questions about what happened. And it's when you watch if you actually watch those, they're nuts because like the people I think what was the cause at the time, the real cause was that the FBI was actually in a in a they're in a time of. Uh, like turmoil. The FBI was in a transition period and that that there were actually almost like two directors at the time. And so the people who were calling the shots, like nobody knew on the ground, uh, those people in the ATF and the FBI agents that were there, nobody really knew who was in charge. So they would get an order and, and they do it. And then, and then they'd say, oh, no, 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 you weren't supposed to do that. And it's like, you can't really take it back. Like, I think cutting the power wasn't a – cutting the power to the to the compound was not a, a, a good decision. And uh, nobody really knows who gave the order to cut the power. And even all – most of the congressional court agreed like that, that you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do that? Right. You know? And those people that were inside, I mean – they were lining up a lot of what the military was or not the military side, the, the enfor- law enforcement, like they're lining up all that stuff with these prophecies that they had given. Uh, one of the prophecies I think was like 
the they'll come with chariots that that shoot fire or things like that or chariots that are on fire and they this is the first time that the law enforcement agencies had used tanks like they had tanks they had actual tanks on the ground um and they interpreted to their as their apocalypse like this was the end times for them and i'm not sure like you said i'm not sure if it was the flashbangs that set the the compound ablaze or some people said like because the fbi and atf had put in they had listening devices planted inside the compound and they overheard some of the people saying that they were going to light the place on fire they're like we're not going to go we're not going to go with them like we, we'd rather go up in flames or we're gonna that's that's the end of the prophecy like we have to set ourselves on fire to yeah. Go to heaven. Yeah, it was like they so. were said they called them like the, the soldiers of Babylon. They that's what referred to them as like that was the government. And they said right. we can't be taken by them. We got like they pretty much said, Take your own lives, burn this place down, don't be taken by, by the devil, pretty much is what what they considered the government to be. I mean, yeah, it is a real nasty, nasty thing going down and it just escalated really quickly and it, it, it that shouldn't have happened and I think it was just a time of the law enforcement didn't really know what they were doing. The people on the ground didn't know where their orders were coming from. And it was just really bad. Um, really, really bad. And this was just after, like, you know, they had not just after, but still Jonestown was still, which we could probably do a whole episode on that, but talk about Jonestown later. Right. Um, and that's just, they couldn't, I don't know what they wanted to do. I don't think anybody knew what they wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And then this event, like, you read that this actually like, um, oh, what's the guy from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City bombing? Um, Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, he said he was directly triggered by like the events of Wake of this Waco siege, and then uh-huh. uh, and then that happened two two exactly two years later. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's weird how this like one guy, right? This fucking one guy can claim that he is the Messiah, and he knows best, and he can take every woman in the group for himself up to like, I think it said like 140 women he could be entitled yeah. to marry. Yeah. And he was like, he was the voice of the God and he knew best and we must stockpile these weapons to defeat the evil, evil enemies or the evil army of Babylon, which was the FBI mm-hmm. slash ATF slash whoever else was there, law enforcement. And in the end, how many people died in the end actually? Uh, Quite a few. The, yeah, it was... 76 it people be, died. Six. Yeah. Including, da- including, and those including were, David Koresh. Yeah. He, he died there, too. Yeah. They do have... I think they, they got some people out, but... Yeah, up to 76 people. Like, that's a lot. Of that's people. a lot. And it's like, it's fucking... This is weird. I don't know. You know. Just, just one of the many, many weird cults that... Yeah. It's like people, like you form a cult and like you have an idea and people who are wandering or drifters and they have no sense of self and they're just looking for anything to hold on to. They kind of hear this and guy talk all... and then they're locked in. Yeah. And, you know, it called, like it's you really get these cult leaders and, and a majority of them are are male. And you get these really charismatic guys that all want to, you know, either 
they get a, a small following and then it, the power goes ahead or something like that. But not all the cult leaders are male. It's we have another one here, an Australian woman by the name of Anne Hamilton Byrne. And uh, so maybe some of our Australian listeners know about the family, which was a doomsday cult she founded in the 1960s. And she claimed to be Jesus reborn as a woman. That was her making her. <laughs> of claim. course. Um, she pretty much operated this cult for almost two decades. Like nobody knew about it for almost 20 years. Um, they didn't know about it. Like she started this stuff in the 1960s. And then in 1987, two children escaped and actually informed the police. And they raided the, the compound that she had built. Um, and it, they showed that. Hamilton Byrne, she had collected over 28 children. Collected. I'm not saying like she raised. (laughs) Collected 28 children. Um, She kind of, uh, she started off uh, somehow preaching like Christianity. Now, she came from a type of uh, probably non-traditional home. Her mother was uh, originally diagnosed with schizophrenia. Uh, and was admitted to a hospital, admitted to an insane asylum, uh, you know, a sanitarium and where she died. Uh, So she was pretty much raised by her father, who was uh, spent a lot of times. He was I think he was like a social worker in Australia. He spent a lot of time in orphanages and stuff. But she somehow uh, began preaching uh, this kind of combination of Christianity combined with Eastern mysticism and apocalyptic prophecy. And she once she gained followers, she forced, apparently she forced many of them, uh, including the children to take dangerous amounts of LSD and hallucinogens. <laughs> and, uh, so you're getting everybody high and you're getting everybody tripped out on LSD. Eh, you know, um, she, she actually has an interesting connection to the WikiLeaks, uh, founder, Julian Assange, uh, he actually, his mother, um, his mother had actually been married to a man who was a member of the cult. Um, that was his stepfather, and they eventually had to go on the run from this guy because he was really uh, dangerously crazy. Uh, uh, the the mother kind of figured that out over time, and and they left. But uh, he never met her or anything like that. But that's kind of a weird connection to have. Um, this lady, basically what her, her deal was collecting children and she would, she would get these children through either adoptions, either legitimate or false. A lot of times they falsified adoption papers or even members of her cult would give her their children and she would take these children. She would dye their hair blonde, dress them up in the same clothes, like a, like a children of the damned kind of thing, like blonde haired, uh, kids just all dressed the same. And it wasn't like she was a caring mother figure. She was, uh, she was apparently like one of the cruelest or they, they categorize her as one of the cruelest cult leaders. Like these, these kids would pretty much be beaten on the regular for, for small little things or denied food, um, uh, for getting their clothes dirty, speaking out of turn, these things, uh, would would constitute a, a beating by her or members of the cult and the and the members would just be like you know they were in this lady's thrall like they they didn't want to lose her affection so they would like if the kids did something it would almost be worse if 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 one of the other people the aunties they called the the other 
besides Hamilton Byrne, they call the other women aunties, and these would beat them like within an inch of their life. Jesus, uh, for these kind of things. Um, after they raided the compound, they actually missed her. I think she she fled to the U.S. Uh, she had tons of money because she um, she married a, a pretty wealthy. Uh, wealthy business and Australian businessman, and he pretty much just funded all this stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how far he was involved in all of it, but uh, she built a compound uh, that was far away from most prying eyes, and she could amass property both in Perth and Australia and in New York. Uh, and she hid overseas until she was arrested, like relatively recently in 1993. Um, and they caught her only on minor fraud charges they caught her on some because of the fraudulent adoption papers that's the only way uh, they found yeah and and they say like throughout the the building of her cult the the big thing that got her was that or the how she built it was she actually recruited a physicist uh dr rayner johnson and this guy lent her cult like a, a type of legitimacy saying that she had, you know, extrasensory perception powers and these things. So, um, yeah. And, you know, it's she did. They did a lot of terrible things to these kids and, and they've they've made it out, though. Um, after that, right now, uh, they cannot actually try her because she's they say that she's in like advanced stages of dementia. So she actually. You know, I could say that's either her punishment or, or whatever. Um, but she will not face a trial since she cannot stand. She can't competently defend herself. So she's not able to stand trial. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, they said, uh, but interesting little fact, her weapon of choice was her stiletto shoe. <laughs> Takes it off and clubs people with it. Yeah. Apparently she was, she was quite a um, fashionista. Like she was... A lot of designer clothes, Chanel perfumes, you know, get out those nice shoes and, you know, wail on your kids, I guess. That was her thing. Really nuts. Crazy. Yeah. The cults are dangerous things, you know, both men and women. And sometimes the women get a little bit, you know, like, how could you, I mean, I, when doing a lot of research into these things, you see a lot of similarities and and how these people recruit and like how they they gain followers um often these people are either they're they're charismatic they're or they're influential in some way um they have some sort of i i think i think mainly what what built her was the they give these people a lot of them like they they dose their 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 followers with LSD or hallucinogens to give them that kind of, you know, they, they feel like they have some sort of spiritual awakening yeah. sometimes, um, whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Um, and these, these experiences kind of bond those people who are already kind of, you know, who are already. Well, it's like these people are un- like the people who get like swayed by the cults, by the cult leader. Are people who are just looking for anything to like cling on to. Yep. And for for probably the majority of these people were not, were not, they were a little bit different maybe, but they were nothing crazy. And then they just they get like enthralled with this like person who is like saying all the stuff that they want to hear. And like oh yeah, this guy 
he he knows he knows exactly what, he must be he must be the he must be Moses he must be the coming of God yeah. like he must be this person we must like I I want to fo- I want to follow him at the start like they don't even like they're not forced to follow him like they want to do they go and they join him and then it seems like after a while these cult leaders they kind of just gain they can become power hungry and then just take ultimate control of the cult and then either they commit some mass suicide by drinking some weird punch or they're getting in a full-on gunfight, gun war with the government. Yeah. And a lot of them, I I can see a lot of the ones in the United States at least are, are they, they always tend to, a lot of these leaders tend to be offshoots from either uh, Latter-day Saints or I'm not saying that anything bad about the, those church, but I'm saying a lot of them, they're off those, those offshoots of Christianity. They're off those, um, the more stricter, like, I guess, Protestant kind of beliefs 100%. about you got your doom, you got your doomsday, you got your doomsday apocalypse scenarios. And, and they're saying, you know, they are staunchly believing that, that Jesus Christ will be reborn on earth and lead us here. So you can, you can claim that you're the Messiah and, and, and people will believe you because it's like, well, that's in the book. And, you know, that's all you're pretty much allowed to read. And these things, um, some of these cults are, are just like they, they pervert a lot of a lot of the stuff like you can take the the Bible and and they interpret these things that can be kind of twisted or uh, to their own their own interpretation. And they and they use this to catch these people and, and pull these people in and then either they have to satisfy some sort of dark desire that they have to control people or abuse people. And I mean, I cannot for me, like, I can't believe for one second that anything in the Bible could really you could look at that and be like, OK, this this entitles me to nine wives. And uh, I don't care if they're married. Uh, you're going to divorce her. She's mine now. Like, I don't know how you, how you do that. I mean, even if you're the Jesus Christ, like Jesus Christ never even got married. Like, <laughs> I just don't know how you're, uh, you know. It's just strange that that alarm bells don't start ringing in your head when you see some of this stuff. But if that's all you're exposed to, I suppose, like you're the kind of person who follows the the tenets of these really strict religions. I guess it's easy to kind of move over into one of those ones, more extreme. Well, it just kind of like kind goes of to show you how like humans, if not educated properly, can be easily persuaded by like whole plethora of different right. things yeah it if you're not exposed to other cultures and you kind of just are insulated in in some of these these religions it kind of makes it easier for you to be manipulated into like a, just a that's why i feel like something with, like that. that's why i feel with like all religion so imagine this imagine like now you have your kids and they grow up non-religious all the way till they're 18 or 20 or whenever, 21, or whenever you consider someone a full adult. Right. And then you're like, okay, now make your decision. What what would you like to follow? No one's choosing religion at that point. No one's choosing an imaginary guy out of a book that was written by people hundreds of years, hundreds of years after the supposed God was on the planet. Like, if you just, right. like, like, if, like, if you're a kid and you, you don't, are not witness to any of the stuff growing up, and then when you're 20, someone's like, this is what it is. You're like, motherfucker, no, it's not. 
all our all our science says is that that's probably not true. Maybe maybe there is a god or a creator of the universe, but he's not, you know, he's not one of these thousands of gods. He's probably some type of scientist. We're probably living in a computer simulation or something like that. Like no one willingly would just accept blindly a ruler like an unseen ruler who knows best for you and he always has a plan for you. Or like when people say like, oh, that he died of cancer and then they're like, well, God had a plan for him. It's like, well, that's a horrible God. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it just seems weird that these people just can get so enthralled with some type of, with an idea that yeah. they will follow someone to drink a punch that's, no, that an arsenic punch that they know is going to kill them because they're going to meet yeah. The aliens on the other side. And you're like, well, yeah, I don't know. That's our uh, and every yeah. We always people reference you know drinking the Kool Aid, and that's the uh, I think that was well drinking the Kool Aid was Jonestown. Um, we'll probably talk about that one. And actually, fun fact, it wasn't actually Kool Aid. It was grape flavor aid. Flavor aid. Flavor aid. Just like a food. Yeah, coloring. I don't want to badmouth Kool Aid. I like Kool Aid. I like. I I used to love Kool Aid. <laughs> Those fucking powdery sugar drinks just like delicious. Destroyed my teeth as a kid. Um. Yeah. And that. But some of these. Um. There's a documentary I watched recently called uh, Holy Hell, and this one was actually about the the Buddha field cult that popped up uh, in the late '80s uh, or early late 70s early 80s kind of popped up headed by this guy his name was michelle but he's got a bunch of other names and uh popped up as a following and i think some of these cults kind of ray uh, kind of popped up because people were i mean in that time you know we're just coming out of vietnam people were looking for answers and they're just looking for something more or the you know that that transition between that that generation that was um that generation of people like and seeing all this stuff that happened during the Vietnam War are all kind of trying to explore their world and, and figure out what's where they fit in it. And he had this one place called the Buddha Field. And this guy was, you know, people came to him. I guess he was a yoga instructor at first and uh, nobody really kind of knew about him. But they but they kind of he was kind of mysterious and he kind of preached this. He started having these meetings and they would talk about things like he would talk about like energy transference and Shakti and uh, kind of like a combination of both like Hindu and like Buddhist principles and things like this. And and to those people who hadn't, who hadn't been exposed to that kind of stuff at this point, it's, it, it was amazing. And these people said they had weird, strange experiences um, with, with, with him and they felt all kind of good. They felt welcomed. Like it, at first this, this cult, started out relatively benign and these people were, they were doing community service and it was all about giving of yourself to like the community. And, but then it just got kind of snowballed in this things. Um, like they have a lot of the members talking about how, um, this was like right after Waco, um, the leader, Michelle felt like felt threatened and he thought that the FBI was going to crack down on him. So he took all these people and, and, or no, he got up like in the middle of the night, took three of the followers and said, we're moving to Texas and they move into Texas to get a piece of land. And so they don't get taken down by the FBI and, and they followed him. Like this guy was Jeez. just like, 
these people were like, we could, uh, they, at the time they were feeling like they couldn't live without this guy. And they were waiting for him to call them so they could go move to Texas, sell all their stuff and, and move down there. And this guy turned out being some, when they dug into a little bit of his past, like later, um, they found out this dude was, a, he was like a, an out of work actor. This guy was an actor. He had been a, like a ballerina. He had been a ballet dancer and he apparently had started in a couple of uh, homosexual pornographic films. And this guy ended up he for 22 years, he had been getting away with sexually abusing some of the, the male members, most of the male members in his following. Jesus. And nobody said anything about it. And nobody said anything about it. And it's just like they just and some of these guys were like, it's the guys that it happened to were just, you know, when they talk about it, they're like, we just didn't. I didn't know what to do, you know? Well, they, they think, like, they think that that person is all powerful and they, whatever they're doing yeah. must be right. And they just, they can't, <laughs> they can't talk back against it. Yeah. One of the, one of the leading, uh, in the United States, at least one of the leading guys, uh, who's like an expert on cults. His name is Rick Ross, which is pretty awesome. Nice. <laughs> Rick Ross. Uh, he's like, a he's a pretty prominent, like, uh, he's a person you want to call to deprogram, your your family or your loved ones when they get pulled into a cult this guy um he's been doing he does a lot of research on these cults and stuff like that and um he was saying that what what cult leaders often do is they they they'll they have these meetings and things like this and they do these kind of therapy sessions and they get you to relive a kind of um, like an abusive situation or a time of emotional trauma and and that brings you around to like uh, they they it builds a kind of connection with them, you know, and, and that's exactly what that guy did. Um, he would he would have these therapy sessions with these people and he'd get them like he he had a certificate that he was a certified hypnotherapist. <laughs> OK, you know? sure. and he would take these people and get people to relive like times of emotional crisis or abuse. And, and these people would come out of it and he'd be like, you know, they're there, you're safe. Don't worry, blah, blah, blah. And it builds that kind of connection with them. And it's exactly what he did, whether he knew what he was doing or he was just one of those people that's kind of aware of that, that, that happens when somebody does that. I don't know, but it seemed to start out, pretty you know it started out benign but then they, they they say like maybe when they're looking back on it they'd say he kind of changed when you get all these people like praising you and saying like they love you and you can't they can't live without you and they would do anything for you and it, you know you're not just changing them but they're changing you into this whatever you you, you know you start thinking of yourself as the actual messiah or things like that so <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's yeah. crazy that one person can have so much persuasion over others. Yeah. In an ob- in an obvious negative like negative like it's negative negatively affecting the other the other people and there's like well it must be okay I guess. You know. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's really of, he's really helping us here. He's really teaching us the right speak, stuff. Speaking of negatives. <laughs> let me talk about the uh the cult from your neck of the woods. Maybe the craziest cult of all time. But you're going to have to wait one second while I take a pee, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. What a long break that was with all those Ooh. all those ads in between. Oh, my God. Sorry, guys. 
one of the craziest cults in the fact that this guy made his followers do the most insane shit. Okay, Dan, you're going to you're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation. Was it Roche Theralt? No. no. Rock. Rock Theralt? No, what did I say? Rock Theralt. Rock Theralt. Rock Theralt? Rock Theralt? Rock Theralt. Rock Theralt. Rock Theralt. Something like that. I'm going to go with Rock Theralt. <laughs> Obviously, he's a, a French-Canadian man. And uh, going to school, he, dro he dropped out of school and started teaching himself the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. He was so convinced by it that he... Best uh, part he was so convinced that a war between good and, good and evil was about to come and it would bring an end to the world that he converted to Seventh -day, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So same as the Branch mm -hmm. Davidians. So the Seventh-day Adventist mm -hmm. Church, as you were saying, this is one of the more stricter disciplines of Christianity. Yeah. I think they put a lot of emphasis on the apocalypse. I mean, which is cool. I mean, the apocalypse in the Bible is pretty neat. You know, it's, it's a lot of cool stuff going on. It's, it's probably if I, if I was going to read, re I read the Bible when I was like a little kid. But if I was going to reread read it, I would just read Revelations. I think and just just to see what's just to see what's going on in there. Yeah, it seems insane. Anyways, so the rules of Seventh Day Adventist Church are pretty much no tobacco, no unhealthy foods, no alcohol or drugs, and this is what his the no start. Fun. No fun. No fun. Just God. <laughs> no fun. So pretty much, he was so charismatic that he was he persuaded all these people to join. Is like a group to join his group, and they quit their jobs, and they followed his, they followed his religious teachings based on Seventh Day Adventist to start, and they called himself, called them the Ant Hill Kids, and it was pretty much named that because he forced them to work so hard. And in 1977, he stopped calling himself Roche Thoreau, Rock Thoreau, and he started calling himself just Moses. My name is now Moses. Just, just Moses. <clears throat> yeah, and they formed a commune free of sin and stood for equality and unity. Oh, yes, very, very good. Very good oh, morals yeah. there. And, of course, though... Uh, sure. It's very equal around there. I'm very equal. sure. Yeah, very, uh, very nice place to be around. Very, very, very good. And then pretty much like every cult, it starts off nice. And then the good times, they quickly come to an end. Mm-hmm. The Adventist Church pretty much kicked them out of their out of their religious group for their weird ass behavior. Like they're super weird. We're gonna get to that. He for, he forbode he forbid his followers to contact their families or develop and or develop drinking problems. Rules for the followers Wait, always became stricter and stricter up to the point where Pretty much, they couldn't speak unless this guy would tell them Moses. Oh, if he didn't say that they could speak, they wouldn't. They couldn't speak to each other. Yeah, uh, that's a common theme in in cults is isolation. That's a big thing. Like you know, taking away their privileges of communication, or talking with other people, their family, or having pets, even things like that. That's a lot of uh, a lot of cult leaders do that to kind of cement their power. Yeah, it's like. It starts off nice. They're like, oh, yes, it's going to be a great time. And then this guy just takes over everything. This mm -hmm. guy, he starts he starts spying. Spying on his people. Spying on his followers. And if they were not devoted enough, it got to the point where he would, he would punish them by... He would hit them with belts and hammers. He'd be like... Well, belts and hammers. 
Well, I said belts or hammers. God. You know what? I, I'm oh. picturing a belt in one hand and a hammer in the other, and he's just fucking going to town. Like a, a hammer, like attached <laughs> at the end of the belt. More like a like kind there. of like a flail. Yes. <laughs> Man, this guy, he's insane. He would suspend them from the ceiling. He would pluck each and every hair on their body individually. Uh, or some idea. he would just poop on them. Just like this what God you. says for punishing, for disrespecting the religion. God says poop on you're you. Gonna dis- <laughs> you're going to disrespect Jesus? I'm going to disrespect you with my poo. And he's going to poop on you. Oh, gross. So then in, ah. I, in 79, <laughs> he was convinced that the world was coming to an end. So he moved his whole commune out into the Canadian wilderness. This was in Quebec because he thought God would, God would skip the chance to destroy the Quebec for whatever reason. Like Quebec was, <laughs> you know... You're gonna skip. They're just gonna skip Quebec's it. The they they're gonna destroy the rest of the world, but they're gonna draw the border right at, right on Quebec, Ontario, and uh, New York, and on the on the, <laughs> the northern states on the east coast there, and be like, you know what, Quebec's okay. <laughs> they're about right. That's pretty much what you said. What is it like? Uh, uh, Alberta, nah. <laughs> British Columbia, no, fuck you. Quebec, Quebecois, you're cool. I'll stay yeah. with you. You're fine. You know what? Yeah, the 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 French, the French, you know, the French speakers. They're they'll they'll stay. But obviously, in 1979, <laughs> when uh, when the world didn't end, he explained <laughs> it away by saying that the world and God run on different time zones. This is how. He... God, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, you know, God's, God's watch is like God. an hour slower than ours. Yeah, God works in eons. So, like, I don't know. I just might have got it wrong by the thousand years or something they always they always try to do that you know it's like oh you know they used a different calendar back then and so the real date is like um uh two years in the future yeah oh, like yeah. i don't i don't know how he explained it but pretty much they lived in the woods forever they moved from they slowly moved from quebec into the woods of ontario and during this time through all his all the girls that were with him he bore 26 children uh. And obviously he went on, he got so insane, he started abusing, sexually abusing all his children. And then some people, like some of his wives would rat him out. And then the wel- like the welfare authorities would come and take his children away. But they never did anything to stop the cult. The cult. No. I mean, it's like, I, t- technically, if he's not, you know, they don't catch him in the act. That's the weird thing with these is like, you know, it's the same thing with like domestic abuse and stuff like that. It's the authorities can't even really do anything. Uh, until they catch him in the act, or they have some sort of solid proof of what's happening. Anytime one of his kids would get sick or have like a pain, he would become the surgeon, and he would mm-hmm. use pliers or a blowtorch to take out teeth, take off limbs, fingers, toes, toenails. This guy was a yeah. fucking savage. Like one of the, one of the women, uh, she had a. I think what did she have? She had like a pain in one of her fingers or something and he 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 stabbed her hand and like nailed it to a table and then once it started to turn black and blue from blood loss or whatever he amputated it he started amputating it he started amputating he actually amputated it and he had to he had to attempt it twice because the first knife that he used was too dull so then he had to cut it all the way off and then he took an acetylene torch heated up a heated up a, a piece of iron and cauterized it they had somebody Jeez. stitch her up, and then uh, there was that one, and then uh, the one with his wife, one of his wife's, uh, Miss Solange, Solange, is it? That one. Um, she was uh, complaining of stomach pains, and he was like, 
Next thing she knows, she's on the table naked and he's cutting into her with a with a butcher knife and takes out a piece of her intestine and like cuts it out. Then just tell somebody, sew her up, patch her up. And then they did. And then she died the next day, of course. Of course he died the next day. (laughs) Jesus. You know, he was cutting up these people and they're just like it. Oh, God. And it gets worse from there. Yeah. Like he would force people to eat their own feces insects and rats he would nail children to trees and then make the other children throw rocks at them for disobeying god or his teachings like this was when he was you know they were letting him have pretty much free run about then the the quebec quad authorities didn't do anything he's out in the woods like nobody can see them like nobody's really checking up on him and nothing like this this is how insane one of his wives Gabrielle Lavalli. She endured blow torches held to her genitals, eight of her teeth taken out, and a hypodermic needle breaking off in her spine. She And then she tried to escape, but then she realized she couldn't live without the cult, and then she went back to him after this happened. Uh, It's fucking insane. I, I cannot imagine being that committed to to something to be like, you know, there's a there's a steel needle in my spine and I have to go back to this guy, you know, who I just watched poop on one of the kids. Like Wow. Wow. It's just it's just insane. It it wasn't until eighty nine. So like fucking 12 13 years after he started this cult and he had all these people in the wilderness and shit and doing all this crazy shit that he was finally convicted yep put him in jail life sentence yep and he still had four kids after that yeah he had had four four kids after yeah while he was in jail he was imprisoned and like I think three or four of the wives, they started a bakery. Like they 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 made a bakery near the prison where he was caught, and he fathered four more kids after that. After they put him in jail, it's like Charles Manson, man. What to do? I know he what? looks like a, he looks like a cross between like Manson and like Rasputin. Yeah, he does. You look at his old big old mountain man beard, bald head. This creepy looking dude. Anyways, that's just know. just another guy who uh, took a religion. Twisted his own way, converted a bunch of people, and then just destroyed their lives for about 12, 13 years. Yeah. And, you know, some of them, I mean, the ones that we've talked about, at least most of them have been like offshoots of like or or combinations of like mainstream religions. And I've got one that's even a bit crazier. And if you didn't think it could get weirder, they can get weirder. Okay, Jesus. We've got got this one, the, the Matamoros. Uh, cult, which was founded by Mr. Aldolfo Constanzo, um, born November 1st, 1962 in Miami, uh, Florida. Uh, this guy um, really strange. I mean, his life starts out just really strange. Uh, when he was six months old, uh, his mother had him blessed by a Haitian priest Um which this guy uh, observed a type of religion called uh, Palo Mayombe, which is a uh, they say it's a like a kind of an offshoot of a mainstream West African religion. And 
basically it, it involves drinking this this liquid in which uh, actual human bones have been boiled and is you and they use it for like casting spells for power or wealth. Um, she the his mother and her first husband, she had multiple husbands, uh, believed that their son was a chosen one who is graded, you know, who is destined for great power. And, uh, and you know, uh, depending on the way you look for it, it uh, kind of happened. So uh, they moved his mother and him. Uh, they actually moved to Puerto Rico. And then in 1972, they moved back to Miami. And Adolfo pretty much had a free run of what to, to worship how he wished. I mean, if you're already in the kind of the, the Haitian stuff that's going on already, um, he, he started an apprenticeship with a Haitian priest who taught him things on how to profit from evil. Um, you know, this guy was already kind of, they said he, by 1976, he was believe he actually believed that he was developing psychic powers and predicting <laughs> and predicting the shooting of president Ronald Reagan, uh, in 1981. Uh, they say around probably 1983, he pledged himself to, I think it's Kadie Mumpembe, which is basically his religion's version, that Haitian religion's version of Satan. So right. he was confirmed Satanist at this point. Um, this this dark god, and he said he could actually. Eventually, he started to claim that he could harness magical powers, and he could. Uh, he started offering his services to people who were gangsters, or um, that he could make their bodyguards invisible to police or bulletproof. Um, and he also uh, had drug dealers scheduling their shipments based on his premonitions. Uh, so he had these kind of connections with these gangsters and drug lords, and he started amassing money. So after. Uh, after getting a considerable amount of money, he moved um, to Mexico City where he bought like a $60,000 condominium. He had a, uh, like tons of luxury cars. Um, and he was at this time, they believed that he was practicing actual human sacrifice uh, probably about here. And they attribute his his cult were responsible for at least 23 ritual murders that they know about. And Jeez. like in 1987, uh, his his cult said they said he murdered about seven people from a from a crime family after they denied him uh, full partnership in their syndicate. They found these people like they found the family. They tortured and mutilated their body parts uh, and put them in what they said is Constanza's cauldron. Like those body parts and things like this. Um what actually like he probably still would be doing things if not in uh, 1989. This is what actually brought him really to the attention of the U.S. Uh, he him and his some of his followers kidnapped and killed an American student, 21 uh, year old Mark Kilroy. Um, and at, and he was apparently his family was pretty influential. And so after that happened, the U.S. started putting pressure on the Mexican government to bring this guy in. And um, after this happened, I mean, they found out like they they were actually happy with the, the this sacrifice that they gave of this kid because they felt like his brain was was good for sacrifice. 
which is insane. Good like, for sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. They, they, when they found his body, I mean, they found his body had been dismembered, like parts had been cut off, and his, actually his brain had been removed from his skull. And Jeez. Hannibal yeah. so, so they, uh, they ended up catching him about night in 1989. Um, in May, they actually found him. Uh, he fled from, he had a compound in Mexico city, that condominium, like they fled from that compound disappeared. And then the police, uh, with the, they caught some, another guy who was uh, like a regular contact of his. And he, um, he told them where they could probably find him. And then the police said they were going door to door and actually an unrelated case. And they found Costanzo and four of his followers. And uh, they panicked. They started shooting. They said that about 180 policemen surrounded that apartment. Uh, the shootout lasted about 45 minutes. And then he ended up dying by asking one of his followers to shoot him and one of the other guys that was his lover. So they ended up being shot by this guy. Never brought Jesus. to justice. Yeah. I mean, human sacrifice gets the yeah, voodoo cult. Like, or this is a legitimate voodoo cult. That, yeah, that's it's, like, that's to the top. You know, and I'm sure, I mean, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of good stuff. I mean, voodoo is probably a lot maligned and, and pop culture and, and, and movies and things like that. Cause that was kind of a big thing back in the eighties. I remember all the, all the villains were, were voodoo from, what is it? Like predator Two voodoo and, wizards. Yeah, Predator 2, every Steven Seagal movie, they're all Jamaican, they're Haitian voodoo guys, yep. I think. But uh, this one was the real deal. And, you know, he started out, I think he had like three followers at first. And then just, you know, the fact that he used somehow used these, his powers to help these crime lords. I, I mean, I guess it worked. <laughs> I, don't, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I mean... If you can say that yeah. working. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that is, that's one, the Matamoros cult. I mean, you can look more into it. There's a bunch of other stuff and it's, yeah, that's another one. That's real nuts. You know, that didn't even have to do with family or anything like no. that. That one just had to do with this guy. This, you know, these people that are following him, whether it's because of the money or, or things like that. Just, yeah. Ugh. Creepy. Fuck. <laughs> There's no, uh, they, you could you could probably find even crazier ones than this if you really dug deep. But for like, as far, yeah, as, I mean, as far as like we haven't touched. Yeah, as far as like mainstream cults go, these are some of the the most uh, the most known and the most insane. Yeah, I mean, we haven't touched on any of the. I know there's gonna be a bunch of people coming out. Uh, I know we didn't talk about Jonestown a lot. That's that's probably something we could do on its own. Yeah. Um, I know the 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 Japanese cult uh, that was responsible for the 2004 sarin gas attacks. That's a really weird one too. You could probably do a whole episode on that one as well. And um, you know, it's uh, there are cults every day. You know, and like we like I said, I just some of them are benign. Some of them you just kind of. I mean, technically, you could say that Jedi is a cult. There are people who actually follow it, but. You know, it's relatively harmless. You know, yeah. have um, you ever seen? Have you ever seen the? There's an actual fighting competition that is lightsaber dueling. Have you seen? Awesome. Have you seen it? <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, is that cool? Maybe. I think I've seen. I think I've seen a couple of the things. 
they uh, do, videos of it. They stuff. do full <laughs> on uh, choreographed like lightsaber duels, and it's like ju- it's judged, and it's like actual competition. It's pretty sweet. That's awesome. That's cool. Good for them. <laughs> Good. For, hey, I would try. I would. I would. I would take part. I'm not going to join full time, but I'd like to. I don't know. I'll try. I don't know. I think. I, I think. Judging by all these cults, I think I could start my own cult. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think. That's I where think. The I think cult is is the way to go. I think we should take this <laughs> podcast just to cult status. <laughs> we'll get our own set of rules. We'll make up our own religious figure. Oh, We're gonna get that tax exempt status. That's what I'm talking about. That's I think that's I think that's why religion like modern religions they're always trying like they're always trying to get religion status because they know like oh we can all the money they're giving us now we can just get it for free. Yeah, and and I'm not pushing on anything like like bad mouthing religion. For me, I think that religion is yeah in it in at its core is useful like useful I would say is something that is supposed to bind people beyond the ties of blood that's what i think is what it should be i think that's kind of what it came out of like you had to have a way of having putting people at a a unifying people beyond just family i mean you start out with things like like you we started out as just tribes of just you know related members you know brothers sister um aunts uncles grandfathers things like that and but once you get past that you know what what holds us together is really you have to have some sort of shared belief or shared goal of what's going to happen. And, you know, but some of them invariably just get taken over by these people. Like somebody takes twists it or into this kind of this stuff that happens. And it's just sad. Yeah. Like I'm you on, know? I'm on board, like religion. It's spawned from something either spawn from this people watching the stars and then making up stories to go along with the stars. And then people take those metaphorical stories and turn them into truth or try and make them true and then follow up imaginary right. figure. But I think religion has just been perverted to a way that it's like, a, it's a mind control. It's like, it's a control tactic. Yeah. If what, if you some of these, some of these mega churches you see where they have like 25,000 people in like a stadium church, yeah, everyone. Everyone's supposed to is required to pay ten percent tithe to the to the church. So if you make, you know, you're making fifty or sixty grand, you're paying five or six thousand dollars of your wage to the church. Hey, that's ten percent of your wages for eternal salvation. I think that's a pretty good deal. And then, <laughs> and then you go like, all right, why the fuck does God need money? He's not even from exactly. here. He's an alien. God's why does he need a giant mega church? Like, why does he need this giant glass chandelier? It lots. <laughs> so, like, I have a, you know, when you have, like, Jehovah Witnesses come to your door. And they knock, yep. and they give you your pamphlets. And they're like, oh, can I interest you in the word of God? And I go, listen, man. If you admit to me that God's an alien, I'll listen to what you got, what you got to say. <laughs> and like, well, I was like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you always say God's not from this earth. He's an alien. God's an alien. And they're like, well, he's a light being. He's not from this plane. He's not from this plane. Exactly. God's a motherfucking alien. That's why I tell the Jehovah Witnesses every time they come to my door. <laughs> every and, day. Well, they, they come they come almost every week. Like, I'm in a neighborhood wow. where there's like, they must live here. And like, it's their job. They got to go out and do 20 houses a week or something. Because they're always yep. here. Yep. 
So I, I either open the door in my underwear or I open the door <laughs> talking about God's an alien. And, and that's all good. Like, wh- but what I don't like is they always come with a kid. The kid's like 10 or 12 years old. And <laughs> they're just like brainwashing this kid. You gotta put your pants on real quick. <laughs> yeah. Then you put pants one on. One second, one second. Uh, the joke's <laughs> over now. I do not, I do not want to get convicted for anything here. This was a funny joke gone wrong. There's now a 12 year old girl outside my door. I better put at least long, long underwear on. No, not just a straight old man ginch. No, it's just weird. The religion, it's like, there's 3,000 religions. It's okay to believe in whatever you want. I don't care. Don't come into my house and preach to me about it. Believe what you want. Pay your tax, your tithe dollars to the church. I don't care. But when people take that and pervert it even farther to like this cult status where they're making people, where they're ripping people's fingernails off (sighs) and they're getting people to sledgehammer their own legs if they're in, like if they're going against the, like the teachings, like, no, no, man, that's not, that's Mm -mm. not right. That's crazy. It's, I can't, yeah, it's, these cults are just. There, there's this weird thing and it's like they're never but they're never I don't think they're ever going to go away like this no. will always it, as long as there's humans on earth like there will always be those people who are disenfranchised or looking for answers and there will always be somebody there invariably to take advantage of that and it's like you just have to be careful you know um, I, there's a lot of uh, we should have looked this up but there you know if you if you think your friend is in a cult <laughs> You should probably do something about it. Um, you know, it's it, if if you see somebody who's, you know, I don't think like at this point, like we said, like when you said that they're creating this network of uh, when SpaceX puts up their giant Internet and everybody be connected. Like, I think it should be less, you know, less. These people are disconnected or we when live, we become more connected as a society, I think it might might die down, but you never know. Well, we live in we live in like a in the in the age of information. Anyone could just go on the internet and be like, okay, I, there's this guy. He's he's talking about this God, and uh, you know he has these rules. And if I join him, I'll be eternally saved. All you got to do, if your friend's in a cult, first of all, get him to listen to Alien Theorist Theorize in Case File Sixty. And then yes. tell them to go search what these cults do and what happens yeah. after a few months or a few years of being in this cult and the guy starts ripping off your fucking fingernails and bashing yeah. your shins in with a sledgehammer because you weren't obeying his orders. I mean, that's all you got to do. Yeah. You know, I think people just need to learn to, to, you know, just source your information. Like, don't don't always take one person's view into, into consideration. Always... You know, if somebody never, yeah, never take anything for for what it is. I think face value is always kind of overrated. If somebody says something, be able to look up where they got that information, question it, and if it if it looks okay, sure, you know, and it doesn't hurt anybody, why not? Like, okay, it could be cool, but um, you know, just don't follow anything blindly. Just always examine your options and no, like it's and, fine. Like if you hear um, something like, oh, that's cool. But you don't just automatically accept it for 100% truth. Even if you don't even yeah. go look into it, if it's true or not, just be like, well, that's cool, but like, I don't know. But some people will like yeah. hear something and then they'll instantly be like, 
it all makes sense now. And, yeah. then, and then all of a sudden you're flying, you're flying around the world to Flat Earth Conference and you're <laughs> 100% convinced that the Earth is flat and the entire scientific community, every government, every person in the know, every astronaut, every motherfucking person in the world is lying to you for the Earth. It's because the Earth is flat and the only reason it's flat is to hide God. That's pretty much, yeah. like, you know, you could almost consider like the Flat Earth a cult. You know what? It all makes sense now. Where is the Flat Earth Conference? What, I'm up on my ticket right now. Uh, we, we missed it this year, but next year we should all. I mean, honestly, we should go. <laughs> so oh funny. god, that'd be man. Would it that be would fun. be a, that'd be a bloodbath. That's what that would be. Yeah, we'd get fucking killed. <laughs> we would get fucking gang raped and killed. That just that's what would happen terrifying. to us. Uh, <laughs> be terrifying. That'd be like some diehard stuff right there. Okay, well, maybe maybe we won't do that, but that was just, that was just a, that was just a good uh, a good reference because you know yeah. you see a couple of videos on YouTube and you can't see you you can see farther than you should supposedly, and then all of a sudden the Earth is flat. Yeah, I don't know. Groovy. So, anyways, that's, that's I think that's pretty I much it. What we got now. That's pretty much it for cults. I mean, there's hundreds or thousands of cults if you really go looking, but some of those ones are just the most insane ones we could find. Yeah, those are the craziest ones. So, do we add? What do we got? We got shout outs. What do we got? I got, I got some shout outs. Uh, it's been a while, so I'm gonna give uh, Zell's prolapses of the week. Bree Verdone. She has been sending us some information about HIV and AIDS, and she's a health professional, and she has been really interested in that topic. So, there's always the conspiracies of where AIDS came from. We're gonna we're gonna cure that one day. CRISPR, dude, CRISPR. That's gonna get it. Man, CRISPR's insane. Gonna, CRISPR's uh, gonna get it. We had Breverdone, Annie Marie. She sent us some cool stuff about some MK Ultra stuff. And yeah, pop that mind, mind, mind control. Hey, mind control is real. It's scientifically provable. You can you can control people's minds. Yeah. Look at cults. It doesn't take much. Yep. Nope. But MK Ultra is. Some of them don't use drugs. It's just like you know. Pushing the right buttons. Yeah. Right flashes mm-hmm. of light and the right drugs, and all of a sudden you got to... Brain's just a machine. Brain's a machine. It's a computer. It is. It's Put all... the right programming in, you get what you want. Exactly. And uh, Paige, she goes by at alien underscore BBY underscore on Twitter. She's the first person who to reach out after we said we're, we are going to Alien Con in June. Yes. And yes. She thinks that she or she wants to uh, show us around and help us out. She's from West Hollywood, but she's from Pasadena at some point. So she's a ruckus. She's the first one to uh, reach out and say that she'd help us out. So that's sweet. And I think Dan is going to be here. Aren't you, Dan? Yes, I'll be sta- I will be stateside for that. So I'm planning on going. We had a tentative. We had a, a tentative for Dan, but it looks like Dan will be coming, and Mom, me, Braden, Andrew, and Dan will all be going to AlienCon. United. June fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth will be in Pasadena, California. It's gonna be a great fucking time. It's gonna be fun. Um, we have all these reviews to read. We keep forgetting. And they're building up. So I'm just going to read a few. And we're going to get to them all. So everyone who's read a five-star review and we don't read it, know that we have at least seen it and we appreciate the fuck of you writing it for us because it really that's the only way. There's two ways to go up the charts in iTunes. 
reviews, and subscriptions. So, number one, if you are listening to the show without actually pushing subscribe, just push subscribe. It's super easy. Just a button. Just one little little, click. Just a little click. You know, and if you feel like going a little bit farther because it's a free show and, you you know, you can just listen to it anywhere for free, just go a little farther and then leave a five-star review. And then this happens. Then we read them. So, Legends, five stars from Rashes, USA. One of my favorite podcasts ever. Love from... Puerto Rico. Ron, Ron Pond would I'm be sorry. proud. Isn't Puerto Rico still all fucked up from those hurricanes? Uh, I think they're rebuilding the power grid. They did have a power plant explosion lately, but they're still rebuilding. I think. But for like months, months and months, yeah. they were like out of power in certain parts, por- like portions of Pretty the rough. island. And then didn't Trump call it like a shithole or some shit? I don't know. Yeah, he said a lot of things. <laughs> He says a lot of things. He does say a lot of things. It's actually like funny. It's funny to listen to how much shit he actually says. I cannot like I can't take him seriously. You put like if you put Trump in a news article, I feel bad for the people who have to write it. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who have, like these are legitimate. These are legitimate journalists. Like these are credited journalists, and they have to write about this stuff. And the stuff he says, like when I read it in an article, like all the really nice writing, like the, the you know really intellectual, and then you have this stuff that Trump says, and it's like. That just flush everything down the toilet. It's just like I don't need. Yeah. It's like it's it's this it's this happening right now in the American political system that makes me just realize that it, the political happening. system is a joke and it's not the party. The party is like because I just reread the book in 1984, and the party yeah. is just the inner party, and the outer party are the outside politicians like the gov- like the senators and shit, and these people are just all working for their own interests and they don't give a fuck. So when Trump becomes president, like you're just like huh. <laughs> Like, I don't even know anymore. What's going on? You know, this might be the, this might be the, the thing that wakes up some people, you know, it's just like, this is, ah, it's so good. Like I, the only thing is, is like, I want him to, I mean, every day I wake up and I read the news and he's done something stupid or he said something or his, he's connected with something. And I'm hoping that this will be the turning point and things will, you know, he's probably setting He's probably setting global development back like probably a decade at least. Well, like, you know, with the stuff that he can't do, or he's trying to shut down programs that are going to invariably, you know, wreck the entire United States. But, you know, I'm hoping that after this, somebody will come in and, you know, well, we'll, they'll have to work it from the ground up. Maybe he burns everything down and we just have to build from the ground up. Well, here it is. Here's, Here's from outside of American view. (laughs) <laughs> because everyone always says like, "Oh, Obama, he's for change. He's really gonna change this place." And then Obama bombs more countries than Bush, and then you know, then Obama gets voted in again. And like, oh yeah, everything. We're closing down Guantanamo Bay. We're getting out of and like, they never say what they're gonna say. And then Trump gets in. And everyone's like, "Oh, Trump's he's the savior. He's gonna save us." And then nothing happens. <laughs> it's just more bullshit. So when the next person comes in, they're like, "He or she's gonna save us." And then it's going to be like, no, it's the same bullshit just over again. So it really makes me think that the people actually running the United States or running the Western world in general, it's an, it's an, like an oligarchy. It's, or what's it? Monopoly? Oligarchy. Oligarchy? Oligarchy. 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 Yeah, that's what it is. So you have like four or five giant corporations probably pulling most of the strings and like they're just putting so much money into the system that the, the pony show is this Trump. And there's like making fun of Trump and what he's doing, but really, it's not really Trump. He's just one guy. 
it's probably like everyone else around him, all the all the corporations, all the shit. So like oh, yeah. when when people are like Trump's gonna save us or Trump's an idiot, like you're both right, equally. <laughs> like there's no right way because everyone always says the next president's coming in. For the last like six or seven presidents, yeah, he's gonna save us. He's gonna change our foreign policy. We're gonna get out of these wars. You know, we're gonna do all this stuff. Nothing changes, never. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever changes as people start yelling about different things instead. And then the next person, what? In one more year, you're gonna you're, oh. gonna, you're gonna see the next election race heat up, and you're gonna have yeah. two more people. You're like, both these people are probably shouldn't be the president anyway. And then you're just gonna have to vote for the one you don't you like the least. Like you don't like the least. You know. Yeah, it's it, and it's nuts. Like like you said, it's always the same. I watched the um I watched the Ken Burns documentary on the Vietnam War, and if you watch that. Like, you'll just see, like, history repeats itself, definitely. Like, watch all the stuff about the, the Vietnam War and how things shaped up, like, from beginning to end. And it's, like, it's just repeating itself now, everything. Uh, it's a cool documentary, um, real fun to watch. Uh, Everybody really check, check it out. Educational. It's pretty neat. Any more, uh, what do we got? More yeah, I, got more, I, went, I went down a little tangent there. I had a few beers, and then you know, <laughs> Trump comes out, and then he's like, well, this whole world's all fucked up. The whole world's exactly. all fucked up, boys. Not just Trump. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's fucked up. Um, my go-to, five stars from Charfitz3, USA. USA is our definitely our most listened country by a lot. It's awesome. USA. 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 USA beat We're not the, good at hockey. Not hey, good at hockey, but hey, USA, yeah, <laughs> women's USA, team. USA women's is great team. at hockey, actually. They're like this. They're women's right, team. always right. Canada, they all Canada always just beats them. But this year, the the, the ladies, USA ladies, mm-hmm. took took the gold medal. Yeah, there's actually more exciting hockey than the men's because there's no NHL players in the in the Olympics, <laughs> so it's super super lame. Um, yep. So yeah, so Char Fitz three USA. You guys are my go-to for work. As working third shift, I'm up all night. I am currently working my way through your podcast and love them. Can't wait to see what is next. Love you guys. My wife hates the fact I discuss theories with her. Especially <laughs> when I talk like Ron Pont. <laughs> Keep it up, guys. The prolapse is real. I still think it's hilarious when uh, people call it prolapsing. But <laughs> I hate it so much. You guys, you'll never know. You guys will never know how much I really hate that. <laughs> Good. Like, I can't uh, believe that's stuck. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's stuck, and there's nothing forever. we can do about it. Oh, it's gonna be there forever. I think originally we we're gonna call it like our followers theorites or something, but then it came to prolapsers, and then it just stuck. So, just stuck. Anyways, mm. I'll, I'll I'll do one more. Awesome. Um, Zendo sixty nine, USA. Just happened to stumble across this podcast and have listened nonstop since. It's entertaining, enlightening, funny, and deep at times. Definitely worth a listen. Thank you. Awesome. It's a good review. Thanks. We've got a couple one, couple one star reviews that we'll uh, I'll read on after uh, one time. Because uh, some people <laughs> just you know some people get offended very easy, just so offended, uh, and they're like, "I've wasted ten minutes of my life listening to your podcast." Right. Well, there's ten thousand podcasts. Let's move on. Who cares? There's What's the lots difference? Of other podcasts. You'll find something that you like. It's okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just funny. For not your bag, that's okay. That's all right with us. And my last quick shout outs: just our new uh, Patreon supporters. If you want to support the show, 
Um, if we get to 100 Patreon supporters, we will do a weekly show, and we're at 90. It's only 10 more people. Oh, man. And I've, I've just opened up a new tier because I had heard some people complaining that $5 is too much per month. So we now have a 1, a 3, a 5, a 10, a 25, and a $50 tier. So the new tier $3 is early access to every case file and all after-hours content. And $5 a month. We have new podcasts coming up. We have our Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which is Gonna get it. edited, scored, and being narrated as we speak. It's actually pretty... I think it's fucking hilarious. So and you, guys, you guys can tell me when, uh, when it comes out. And Braden has pledged that he will be doing his true crime podcast. He's been saying it for months, but he's actually going to get down to it. I'm going to write the theme song, and he's going to do it. So support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash alien theorists. We support, gearing up. We support every dollar. Um, new pledges. Kelly Hendricks. Holly Mellon. Dulcie Schultz. Caleb. Kelsey Din, Liam, Christopher Walker, not Watkins. Christopher Walken? Oh. No. Christopher Walker. <laughs> Got me so excited. Mana Taripo and Mel Sable. Oh, sorry. Wait. Oh, Mel Sable, you deleted your pledge. That's okay. Oh. You were there for a few months. You know, if you can only do it for a few months, like, that's, that's just the way it goes. It's no big deal. We take whatever we can get. We appreciate everything. And that's it for shout-outs. Dan, what do you got? Uh, not much. Coming back stateside, I'm excited for AlienCon, and that's pretty much it for right now. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, we'll get uh, the rest of the theorists. will be back on shortly, but instead of making you wait another two weeks, we thought we'd do one now. So, if you hate me and Dan, then uh, yeah, thank you for listening this far. <laughs> if you didn't mind it, then thank you also. All right, I think that's it. Cool. Keep those eyes on the skies. Peace out. <laughs>